Hi, I'm Brandi Hafler, and we are going to read through John 12, 12 through 19. The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hail to the King of Israel! Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy, but after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him because they had heard about this miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, There's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. We have seen a lot of references to the Old Testament in the book of John, and there are a few more here. When the people were shouting, Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord, they were quoting Psalm 118.26. Most of the references to the Old Testament were a way of revealing that Jesus was the Messiah that the Old Testament prophet spoke about. However, when the people were quoting the psalm in this verse, they were using it to proclaim him as their political king. They wanted Jesus to rise to political power, overthrow their oppressors, and rebuild Israel to its previous glory. The portion about riding on a young donkey refers to another Old Testament passage. Zechariah 9.9 Rejoice, O people of Zion! Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem! Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious. Yet he is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. By doing this, Jesus was also revealing himself as king. Verse 16 says that his disciples didn't realize this until after he had entered into his glory, meaning his death and resurrection. But the king he had in mind was entirely different from the one that the people with the palm branches were hoping for. They wanted a king who would rule with political power. He was a king who would rule with a power that reached beyond their scope of vision. What stands out to me in this passage is the different groups of people who want something different from Jesus. We have the people with palm branches honoring Jesus as a king, hoping that he will free them from political oppression. They want reform. We have the people who heard about Lazarus' resurrection, They were following him, watching his every move, wondering what he was going to do next, probably hoping to see another miracle. They wanted him to perform. We have the Pharisees, power-hungry religious leaders, worried about losing their control over the people. They want Jesus to stop making them look bad or to go away. They wanted him to conform. I see pressure. Jesus was under a lot of pressure. He was here for a specific purpose to do the work of his Father, to speak the truth, to heal the sick, to restore the broken, to free the prisoner, to give new life. But everyone wanted him to do something else, and they each wanted something different. Personally, I can see how his heart could have been breaking. He was offering life to the full, the kingdom of God, but they wanted just slightly better versions of what they already had. I love old movies, and we were recently able to watch To Kill a Mockingbird at the theater. It is a terrific movie and an even better book, so if you haven't checked it out, I encourage you to. The main characters are 
Atticus Finch, a single father who was an attorney, his young son, Jem, and his daughter, Scout. Without giving too many details, Atticus was faced with defending a man in a trial that he fully expected to lose. In one scene, a neighbor attempts to give 10-year-old Jem encouragement and a bit of praise for Atticus. She tells Jem, some men are born to do the really difficult jobs in this world. Your father is one of those men. That line makes me think of Jesus. If anyone was ever born to do the most difficult job, he was the one. He is surrounded by people that he loves, people that he wants to save, people that he wants to set free. And they all want something else. They all want something different. They all want less than what he has to offer. They are pulling him in different directions, but he knows his purpose. He keeps his eyes forward. He focuses on the cross. He keeps moving toward his father. He keeps speaking the truth, proclaiming freedom, and praying that the people he loves follow him. I think that we all can relate to some of that pressure. We are surrounded by people who want different things from us. I know that for me, before I decided to follow Jesus, those people were able to pull me in all different directions because I wasn't sure which direction I was supposed to go. Once I made the decision to follow Jesus, I finally had a clear direction. I knew what path I needed to take, and I had a defined goal. Those people keep pulling, but now I know who I am and where I'm going. The difficult job that Jesus came to earth to do has become my job. So I keep moving toward the cross, toward the Father, praying that I do not let anyone pull me off the path and that others will follow. Do you feel this pressure? Do others want you to reform to their benefit, perform for their approval, or conform to fit into their perspective? Do you feel like you are pulled in different directions? You don't have to be controlled by the opinions, desires, or expectations of others. The job that you have is difficult. But Jesus has cleared the path and given you a defined goal. Keep moving forward, knowing that the power that carried Jesus to the Father is now in you. Pray with me. Thank you, Lord, for giving us direction and purpose. Thank you that we no longer have to be tossed about by the wind and waves of human expectations. Thank you for giving us an assignment that reaches beyond our vision and hope that extends beyond our circumstances. Thank you for giving us the power to continue the work that you began. Give us the strength to withstand the pressure and open the eyes of those around us that they would see you and join us on this difficult, priceless, life-giving path. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.